0: And welcome to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. I'm Angela Stranger, once again, here with another episode. This is episode um, three of the final ten episodes, so technically it's 93, but um, today I'm going to be talking about basically falling away, and like, I'm not going to be really talking about, well, maybe I'll touch on it, but I'm not, it's not like losing your salvation- <laughs> excuse that that was my dog (laughs) she's laying in my lap right now because she's lonely are you lonely she's been in here with the puppies for the last three weeks so she's lonely so if you hear interesting breathing sounds that's her she she's always snorting and, and stuff it's interesting anyway but yeah we're gonna be talking about uh a lot of different kind of aspects of really just falling away so hopefully you guys stick around and learn something new all right so the reason I wanted to talk about this I don't think I've done an episode like this before but the reason I wanted to talk about it was because a couple of months ago or something I don't know I didn't count the months but um a while back I picked up a book from the library I was just browsing around and I found a book and I was like, hey, this, is, this could be a cool book. It was about uh, somebody who had been looking forward to the rapture of the church for a long time. And then as he, as he went his teenage years, he um, started realizing there were a lot of things he wanted to experience before he was raptured. Um, and so he began living life to, I guess, his fullest, which confused me because at first I thought it was going to be a Christian book when at the end it was really just a book a true story of how this man fell away from his belief I mean from his faith uh it was truly saddening and also I was quite upset after I read it because I felt like I should have known better than to read it since I the entire time I was reading it I thought it would lead to an ending like where he learns a lesson about um you know acting according to your faith rather than calling yourself a Christian, but then when you're doing what you want, you just do what you want, but, um, I thought it would lead to a good ending, a positive ending, but in the end, it just turned out to be someone who had fallen away and wanted to write a true story book about his falling away and not realizing that's exactly what he was writing about. He thought he was just Writing a story about finding himself and his identity in the activities that he had started doing in his teenage years. Um, And that, it was very upsetting to me that I had, like, wasted my time and and even read that book. I do regret it. But hopefully we can get something good out of it by talking about it today. I'm not going to mention what kind of book it, what it was actually because it's none of my business to be, you know, doing that but I just wanted to talk about the idea of the book because I feel like it's something that he's not the only one who went through that in his teenage years or maybe going through that um so I wanted to just kind of think about the things that he wrote that he did and just see how those things led to his falling away so so at the start of the story um the person reveals that he had a very strict well not strict but conservative authority in church and in school he went to a christian conservative school and he also i believe they're baptist um which is interesting because my parents grew up baptist so i can relate to that um wait i need to sneeze excuse me um, and his parents were very conservative as well, so they, he, ex- he, uh, he described the way he was raised in a, in a, like, a negative light, because that was the light he had kind of seen it from, as, well, when he was a kid, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm with it, because as a kid, you know, your parents are your heroes, usually, and you are like, yeah, of course, I mean, obviously, all kids go through that part of where they're disobedient and everything, but they really just think according to what their parents have instilled into them. That's the truth. That is what is real, and that is what is right. And so, as a kid, he, he explained that he was, um, like, really into everything that they were teaching him. He was all about Jesus. He was so excited to get raptured and see Jesus, and he was just into all the ministry and the gospel spreading that they were actively serving in, um, and so he had a very, like, good authority to teach him how to, um, live according to his faith. And I'm not saying that the only people who can live according to faith have to be raised by strict, less conservative authority. I'm just saying that in his case, the way he explained it seemed like You know, he was raised in a, in a fantastic, like a really good home, like a loving home, uh, with parents who were humbly serving the Lord and just trying to do their best to teach him how to do the same. Um, but then you know how, as you get older, you start to question and rebel against your parents. Well, sometimes, um, but it's just part of our human nature that we don't like to, humble ourselves to, or submit to anyone. That's just part of our pride, I guess. And so part of uh, living in the faith is to learn how to humble yourself and to submit to the authority that God has put over you. In our case, as kids or teenagers, our parents are our authority. And they are basically our, like, uh, like the intercessors, I guess, for between literally christ and us obviously jesus is our intercessor between god and us but i'm saying like i explained this in one of the previous episodes usually when you're wondering about god's will for you and our plans um in anything you can usually go to your parents as long as you're well yeah usually you can go to your parents and you can ask them about it and if they say no that's pretty much a no from god And if they say yes, then that is like a green light to continue pursuing that idea. Um, Or in any case, that's basically it. And a lot of times I feel like kids don't understand that. And so they think that their identity or the the will for their lives is not what their parents think it is or what their parents understand it to be. Or their authority, in any case, the church or... And I'm not saying that all authority is smart and knows everything. But I'm also saying that as a child, you literally don't know what you don't know. You can't know what you don't know. Like... As a child, you probably didn't know that... um something that happened to you would happen to you because you wouldn't know such a thing but hopefully that makes enough sense you don't know what you know don't know but parents adults authority that is set over you especially in godly homes oftentimes have way more wisdom and experience regarding uh many situations and also they have uh just heard about these things that happen, and they've heard stories, and they've had family members or friends go through things, and so they know, they know more, okay? They know things that we can't know until we're older, and so we have to consult them in uh, many things in life to try to pick the best possible choice, Um, but that is a choice to obey your parents Um, and once you rebel against your parents' will and their, um, like, boundaries for you, that is already one step closer to, um, just problems, really. Uh, often, not oftentimes, (laughs) sometimes there are exceptions where parents will not be, um, looking out for your best interest or they might not even be christians and they could be people that are actually dangerous to be around i know that's an i an exception so i'm just saying authority um hopefully you have some kind of authority but also it's not always your place to judge um your parents authority usually god sets them in place for you so i'm not going to try to make this too complex but in the book, he was already rebelling against his parents' authority by lying to them, going around their backs against their rules. And uh, leading to my next point, I guess, is he was hanging out with company and that parent, the, his parents would have definitely not um, been pleased with. And I know you guys probably are like, oh man, yeah, that's so annoying when my, my parents don't like my friends (laughs) and that's like, that's hard. I know that's hard when you, your parents are like saying things about your friends and you're like, no, you don't know them. You don't, you've never even like hung out with them. You just don't know. But actually parents have this interesting like sense (laughs) where they can see a person, uh, and might be able to actually understand that this could be a dangerous person for you to hang out with without even having to spend a lot of time with them. Uh, just based off past experiences or just knowledge that you have not gained yet. Um, and oftentimes, like obeying their wisdom and their uh, direction can lead you into a better <laughs> situation than the other option because <laughs> oftentimes you will end up with consequences and this is such a vague topic that I can't like say specifics but I have a couple of verses for you 1st Corinthians fifteen thirty three. do not be deceived evil company corrupts good habits and you might be like evil company come on they're not my friend is not evil but oftentimes why do I keep saying that just people with completely different ideas in life, especially unsaved people. They will be searching for happiness and identity and, uh, like, closure. Not closure. Like, fulfillment in other places than Jesus. And I will talk about some of those places because that's what happened in the book. Um, but, So, if you are not searching for your identity or having your identity and fulfillment solely in the Lord, then you will be finding it in worldly things. And that will lead definitely to corruption and destruction. Um, So, also I wanted to read... I'll read that later. But, uh, I guess I'll just move on to the next part. Basically... As he would sneak out and go behind his parents' back, it became easier and easier for him to disobey. And it it just gets easier as you go. And I don't know if anyone has ever told you, but a conscience inside of us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, it it like tells us when something is wrong, right? Tells us, oh, you shouldn't be thinking about that. You should not be looking at that. You should not be watching that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be talking like that. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, it tells us that. And as we push it away, we push. We callous it. It's no longer as sensitive. And so as as we go on in our sinfulness, pushing this conscious away or the Holy Spirit's warnings away, it gets become more calloused and more calloused, more dimmed and more dimmed. To the point where, I don't know if you can completely, like, kill the conscience. I feel like you could. But it's literally an exercise to keep it as sensitive as you can, as it, it, it's an exercise to keep it sensitive. But it's also an exercise to dim it down. So if you are going to keep your conscience sensitive to what the Lord will tell you, to have his guidance more clear to you your conscience or the Holy Spirit's warnings inside of you must be more sensitive and that means you need to obey them so if something is telling you don't don't look at that don't watch that don't do that you literally have to obey it in order to keep that conscience there or or keep it strong but if you as I said before if you keep saying no no go away and just you do what you want to um it's it's just going to die basically, not that the Holy Spirit dies. I don't think, just it becomes less and less, um, in your life. It becomes weaker and weaker, and to the point where you probably don't even think about it anymore. It's very normal for you to sin and do against the Lord's will. Um. So that's how it was in the book. Uh, he started out as a very Christian person. I don't know if there's such a thing as very Christian, but he was. He was, you could see fruit in his life. Basically, if there's a Christian who is serving the Lord, you will see fruit. If there's a Christian without fruit, that's a dead, that's a dead Christian. Or a very lukewarm Christian. That's, um, the Gospels talk about that in, like, the true vine and and the branches and stuff. Like, no, wait, the tree. Ah, basically, if a tree is alive, you will see the fruits growing from it. But if a tree is dead, there will be no fruits or there won't be good fruit. So you, that's how you can tell with a Christian too. I'm not saying, like this gets confusing between judging people and not judging their salvation. But it's kind of easy to tell when someone is truly a Christian who is a sincere Christian serving the Lord. That's the main goal in their life. Because you will see fruit. You will see kindness. You will see um, self-control. You will see love and gentleness and patience and all the fruit of the spirit uh well probably all humans have weakness so maybe not all the fruit of the spirit but in a life that call themselves a Christian but run around doing everything that they want to uh I think that's a lot more doubtful for them if they are truly serving the Lord in their lives or not this confuses me because I I don't know, people always argue about loss of salvation and stuff, and I'm not sure if that is what falling away is. Because some people believe that if you if you choose the Lord and, and he then sa- you believe on him that he saved you, then no one can ever pluck you from his hand. You know that kind of thing. You were, but the Bible talks about taking your name out of the book of life. you're so in the beginning, it's presumed that your name is in the book of life and you're the one who gets it scratched out by living a life that does not please the lord or serve the lord um obviously grace is not accepted by works it's not your works that identify whether you are saved or not it is simply the belief the faith in the lord that um saves you But in the Bible, you can see that salvation is a two-part thing, you know? You get saved, but then you have the responsibility of doing or living like you are saved. Living for the Lord. He gave you His life. You accepted that. Now you give His, your life back to Him in return and you live it out for Him. It's like uh, going to an interview. Let's say you go to the interview and you have a job interview and you go to the interview and you get the job, okay? So you're like, yes, I got the job. I'm an official employee of this company or corporation. I got the job, okay? That's how it is to be saved. You got the job. But now it's your responsibility to go to the job and to work there, Okay? So I don't know if you can get fired. I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't think the Bible ever clearly tells us whether we can lose our salvation or not. But if you want to keep the job, what do you do? You go to work. You go to work and you work the hours given to you and you try to be a good employee. If you want to get better at your job and get a better position, there's I don't know if there's better positions in Christianity. I don't think so. You either got the job or not. But um, you stay at the job if you want to keep it. You work hard. you, You value that job and you work for it, you know? I don't think you can lose your salvation if you're working for it, right? You're not. Okay, this can be seen as very confusing because the Bible clearly says that works do not give you salvation. But I think, again, it's a two-part thing. You are saved, and therefore you must have fruit. Because the Bible also says in the Gospels of the true vine and branch. No, of the branches who are, um, what's it called? I can't remember. The branches who are, like, put into the other tree. What's it called? I can't remember the word. <sighs> uh, no, I don't know. But he says that you can be taken out just as easy as you were put in. And I don't know if that means you can lose your salvation or not, but if you got saved and you were like, okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. And also the Bible also gives a parable of the seeds, you know, the seeds that were thrown on all the different kinds of rocks and grass and, and lands. And some of them grew and some didn't and they produced fruit. But there are those who received salvation, you know, but then they produced no fruit. And those were burned, right? So I think it does depend on whether you're living your life for the Lord or not. Um I really do believe that. And that makes me scared because what about all the people who aren't living for the Lord? What if what about all the people who accepted Christ but they're just doing what they want to like the kid in this book that I was talking about? Like when we get when we get raptured? I think the rapture is pretty soon. I like to think that. I could be wrong, you know, but uh I like to think the rapture is pretty soon. So what's going to happen when we get raptured, whoever has actually been serving the Lord with all their heart as to the best of their ability, and then the other kids or people who who accepted Jesus as their sa- Savior but then just lived however they wanted to, uh, what's what's going to happen to them? Are they going to have to stay down here during the tribulation? Will they finally... Anyway... So, it's, like, a whole thing. I hope I didn't confuse you guys. I hope I just got you to thinking. If you want to look into more of... Don't take, like, my word for the works and grace and salvation thing. Because I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm just really thinking about this, like, to the best of my ability. And I do not know what the answer is regarding um, losing salvation and, and not losing salvation. I think the fruit of your life really matters. Um in your salvation because the bible tells us that but it does I don't know if it specifically correlates to the fact that we can actually lose our salvation and be blotted out of the book of life I have a feeling there's a chance that that is true because there have been people who um got saved you know as a kid or whatever and they were saved but then as they grew up like in this book they began to do all kinds of things that did not please lord or or be or didn't serve him or anything like that so um okay moving on to i'm gonna read galatians 5:22 through 26 because that uh has to do with the fruit of the spirit which i was just telling you guys about that needs to be evident in your life in order for uh it just it needs to be evident in a Christian's, a true Christian's life. So, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. In the book, he, the character, or actually it's a true story, so the person began to hang out with a boy that was not good company, as Jeremiah seventeen nine says about corrupt company, you know, corrupts good habits. So as he began hanging out with this guy, he began to in ex- be in a situation slash environment that was tempting to him, um, and... Before long, he was taking part in, like, teen parties where he would get drunk and where he would do other things that I don't need specific details. Um, But he just turned, like, sexual and he turned drunk and materialistic. And he would say, he would, in order to defend his own self, was the fact that his parents didn't understand him. They didn't understand him. And that's why I spend so much time talking about authority and parents and how they are a very good direction regarding the will of God because a lot of kids will think that parents don't understand them. And I think that is a lie that the devil puts into a heart of a person in order to get them to feel like they are unique in the way that their parents would not understand who they are or where their identity is or what makes them feel alive and that is the excuse that was used in the book was that this this environment with the drunk parties and and hanging out with people who were crude and kind of gross like this was made, made him feel right and alive people who accepted him for who he was and didn't Like, try to make him different regarding the things he liked to do. And it seems like a very, I don't know, a very interesting argument that could make people feel like it was true. That this was him. This was his identity. This was what he liked to do. This is where he felt alive. Um... So that's why I was saying that if you find your identity and your fulfillment not in the Lord, you will find it somewhere else. If you don't choose God, you will choose something else. And there's really only one other option, which is the worldly things, the temptations, the flesh, uh, the flesh's desires, which here in Galatians says those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That literally means those who are belonging to Christ or who have been saved by Christ have crucified, meaning literally killed the flesh with its passions and desires. I'm not saying you actually kill your own body, but you kill those desires and those passions. Usually in the Bible, when you see the word passions, it literally refers to sexual drive, sexual desires. That's what not always, I don't think, but most of the time when you see the word passions in the Bible, it, it is regarding to sexual desire or drive. Um, so it says, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, so literally killed those things. Um, I'm sure that was by uh, the self-control and training that it takes to be a Christian, to walk in the way of the Lord. Um, and uh, you cannot do that on your own. You have to ask the Lord to help you with that to help you every day, to have the fruit of the Spirit, and to arm yourself with the armor of God. Even sometimes, recently I've realized that not only should you ask for that every morning when you pray, but I realized that I should ask for it every night as well because I've found that during the night, it's like you're delusional, I guess, or something. And like in your dreams or in your dream state, your mind can have very interesting imaginations And uh, I feel like we have less control over our mind because we're literally just in our mind, not in reality necessarily. We're literally just inside of our minds and our minds can be crazy. So a lot of times it's really good to ask the Lord to arm you again afresh like at night to fight for you. Because I feel like for me personally, I feel like the devil really tries to strike at night when you are just idle in, in bed, and and you just have, like, you're just in your mind, and so I always ask him just to, well, not always, recently I've realized it's very beneficial to ask the Lord to arm you again anew in the arm of God before you go to sleep so that you can have a restful night rather than be fighting against whatever the devil throws at you all night, so, um, I have Galatians 6-7 as well, I read this to you recently, 6 and 7. No, 6-7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while well doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So, do not be deceived. If you sow in, in the beginning of your life, if you sow to the flesh, views sl- like so the desires of the flesh and what makes you feel alive in the flesh. Ginger, come here, silly girl, come here. Um, the Bible literally says you will reap corruption. And I believe that. I believe that if if that man in the book did not change his ways, and obviously, I cannot judge to condemnation, but I've, as an example for you guys and for me, if he did not change his ways and begin to follow the Lord's will for his life and what, and be identified in the Lord and have fulfillment in the Lord and follow His authority, you know, and and cut out bad communication so that he could be a light in the world. I'm, his life could lead to corruption and death and ultimately eternal suffering because of that. So it's very important for us to know what we are sowing in our life, what kind of attitudes we are building into habits. As kids and teenagers, I think we're building the foundation for the rest of our life. And it's very important for us to build it on the Lord. And if you don't, it's like building your house on the sandy land, you know? You might have to rebuild that foundation someday when you realize what actually matters. So I definitely don't recommend trying to build on the sandy land. Ginger, please stop making noise. Please. (laughs) She's She's funny. Anyway, if you guys want to know the end of the book, the end of the book is literally him realizing that Again, his parents don't Ginger. Hold on, let me let her out. Go it's literally him realizing or thinking, being lied to that his parents don't understand him. They're different. And that's fine. That's fine that his parents have that conviction and that he doesn't, he didn't even know if he believed in God anymore by the end of the book. And also, he was, um, he, at the end of the book, realized that he liked boys, so he was gay at the end of the book. Um, and just, that's just very saddening to me, to read that entire story, and just the end of the book, or story, true story, to lead to that. Because I was expecting an ending where he realized what actually mattered and what would actually be good for him. But instead he only led himself into a place that was even more dangerous and like, yeah, just dangerous and hurtful for himself. So, I just wanted to share this with you because in this world we have a lot of temptations, and as teenagers, we have a lot of things we think are right and good and and true, where a lot of times we can just be very confused, or lied to, or not even, or just ignorant, you know, not knowledgeable enough to know what's actually right, Um, so I want to encourage you again to obey your authority, and to understand that your authority is not only just your parents who might not understand you but they're actually the authority God has picked out for you to lead you in this life that is crazy and definitely needs guidance and they know things that you probably don't so it'd be very beneficial I think to make sure to listen to them and to have counsel with them that's what the Bible says in the count in, in a multitude of council there is safety but in no council the people fall or something like that that's a proverb can't remember how exactly it goes but <laughs> something like that okay so yeah authority is important the fruit of the spirit in your life is very important if you have not been following the lord in his will in your life just think of an airplane flying to Hawaii, if the airplane is flying to Hawaii and it's just one degree off, where will you end up? Not Hawaii. As you go forward, it veers farther and farther away from where you should be and you will not end up in Hawaii. So remember to keep your eyes on the Lord and your nose in the Bible. Um, Keep studying His Word and His heart and hopefully you will get to Hawaii <laughs> all right you guys hope you guys enjoyed this episode even though I feel like I talked truly really monotone <laughs> anyway I'm hungry and kind of tired so I gotta publish this because it's like 11:57. I kid you not okay so you guys have a fantastic week I'll see you next week okay I'm going to have a trip right now for my dad's birthday yay we're gonna go on a trip tomorrow so I'm very excited about that yay I don't know why I just shared that with you, but yay.